My name is Anandi Sheth, and I'm an Associate Professor of Medicine at Emory University and an Infectious Diseases Physician at the Grady Health System in Atlanta, Georgia. In this podcast today, I'll be speaking about my presentation at ID Week 2019 on HIV prevention in women. My session was focused primarily on HIV prevention in women, focusing mostly on data from cisgender women. Women make up a majority of individuals with HIV globally and about 20% of people with HIV in the U.S. with a disproportionate impact on minority women in the South. We have an expanding toolkit of evidence-based HIV prevention strategies, but PrEP has the distinct advantage of user controllability, but it's currently underutilized by women in the U.S. and globally. In my session, I covered clinical trial data which have shown strong efficacy evidence for PrEP using the fixed-dose combination of tenofovir, disaproxyl fumarate, and emtricitabine, or TDFFTC, which resulted in the approval and recommendation for PrEP in U.S. and international guidelines. There were two additional studies in cisgender women that were terminated because of lack of efficacy, but this occurred in the setting of low adherence when adherence was looked at by pharmacologic monitoring. There's been also subsequent pharmacokinetic studies that raise concern that women may require more perfect adherence to daily oral PrEP than men when it was accounted for the fact that tenofovir's active metabolite concentrates higher in the rectum than in the vagina after oral TDF dosing. But unfortunately, we don't know the exact pharmacologic correlates of PrEP efficacy in women. And in my session, I reviewed some emerging pharmacokinetic studies and subgroups of women that should be looked at further. The good news is that recent demonstration projects among varying populations of cisgender women in Sub-Saharan Africa, including from the Partners Demonstration Project and HPTN082, have shown that PrEP actually works well in different populations of women in the real world, including in younger women. And these studies showed that PrEP uptake was actually quite high, PrEP adherence was high, and there were extremely low incident HIV infections, much lower than was expected in the absence of PrEP. However, despite all of this favorable data, there's still major gaps in the global scale-up of PrEP, especially in areas that have the highest HIV burden among women. And even in the U.S., where PrEP use has steadily increased since 2014 when the CDC guidelines were released, PrEP use in women has remained low and actually disproportionately low relative to the number of new infections occurring in women. And so in my session, I highlighted a few reasons behind this. First is that women and their healthcare providers have difficulty identifying that they may benefit from PrEP. And so I covered some tools that could overcome this challenge, including expanding the way that we use the currently available PrEP guidelines by using additional indicators of PrEP candidacy, offering PrEP more broadly to patients who want it and feel that they need it, and routinizing PrEP education irrespective of specific eligibility criteria. Um, a second major contributor to low PrEP use in women in the U.S. is that women aren't really aware of it, and even if they are, they may not know that PrEP is for them, emphasizing that women need inclusive and normalizing messages surrounding PrEP. And then finally, I covered how access to PrEP clinics is low, especially for women in the southern U.S. The South has the lowest proportion of PrEP clinics and long distances to PrEP clinics. However, compared to men, women are actually more likely to be seen in the healthcare setting during the period before HIV diagnosis, highlighting 
um, that there's a missed healthcare opportunity to provide PrEP. And studies have shown that women actually want to hear about PrEP from their healthcare providers, but most use women's health clinics like family planning clinics for their sexual and reproductive health services and even their primary care. But to date, family planning clinics have not been major priorities for PrEP delivery programs in the U.S., and few are currently providing PrEP. So here, further work is needed to figure out how to best support family planning clinics and other women's health settings in high HIV burden areas to deliver PrEP to women who may benefit. So with regards to new HIV prevention strategies on the horizon, this is currently an exciting area that will hopefully increase options for PrEP for women. And these include strategies like the depivirine intravaginal ring, which showed high protection in the setting of high adherence in clinical trials, as well as in, in an open-label extension study, and has the benefit of removing the barrier of a daily oral pill. In addition, there are long-acting products. These include injectable options that are currently in clinical trials, like cabotegravir, as well as implantable options that are in development. And finally, there's also development of multipurpose prevention technologies that combine prevention of pregnancy, HIV, and other sexually transmitted infections that may be particularly appealing for women. However, one major issue is that women continue to be underrepresented in clinical trials in general. In fact, cisgender women were not included in the recently reported study of tenofovir alafenamide and emtricitabine or FTAF, which was the second option for PrEP. And so in order for women to benefit from these new prevention strategies, it's important to include them in PrEP research up front. As I mentioned before, women make up about 20% of individuals with HIV in the U.S. The U.S. government's plan to end the HIV epidemic by 2020 emphasizes expanding access to HIV prevention services, including PrEP, for people at risk for acquiring HIV, and this obviously then includes women. And so the strategies I mentioned before, like improving on PrEP messaging, um, improving on how PrEP candidates are identified, and increasing the capacity of clinics, including those that serve women, to provide PrEP will be key components in ending the epidemic and particularly addressing the expansion of prevention services across populations in the U.S. PrEP is an effective HIV prevention strategy, but is dramatically underutilized by women in the U.S and globally and must be scaled up. Studies of new PrEP strategies must consider women up front in the study design in order to allow for the findings to benefit diverse populations of women. And finally, women want and deserve to know about PrEP and women's health setting in high HIV burden areas may be ideal sites to focus on to reach women. Thank you for listening today. For more information about my session and additional resources, please click the links below.